afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I know this song. Who is this? One Republic. One Republic. Yeah, it's pretty good. From the Maverick I chose movie. it with Top intent, Gun. too. Top Gun Maverick. Ryan Tedder wrote it. I ain't worried about it. Jai ain't worried about it either. I ain't worried about the West. Mm. Uh, no Devin Booker tomorrow. And the Grizzlies upgraded Desmond Bain to questionable for ooh, Friday. Ooh, so, no okay. book, maybe Bain. So, no Devin Booker tomorrow. He has been ruled out for the game. I'm surprised Booker didn't hear Jaws' comments. And was yeah. like, I'm playing. No book, no campaign. Obviously, no Cam Johnson, no Jay Crowder. Um, upgraded to questionable Jacques Landale and Josh Akoji. Um, Chris Paul's not on the injury report, so he should be good to go. So Booker not playing, campaign not playing. Questionable is Landale and Akoji. Bain has been out for 17 games. He hasn't played. I thought the, uh, I think they were trying to get him back for the Christmas Day game against Golden State. Maybe he can come back sooner. Not really sure about that. But tomorrow, big game. Suns and the Grizzlies. And whether there's some bulletin board material or not, I'm not really sure. But take a listen to what Ja Moran had to say about the Western Conference. Who do you look at around the league as you're studying and say, we're going to have to run through them? Celtics. No one in the West. Nah, I'm fine in the West. <laughs> nah, we're fine in the West. He said, I'm fine. I'm fine ne- in the ne- West. Never worry, never worry about your teammates. Or no, we, he's going to carry him on his back. I'm fine. Yeah, listen, I mean, I, I don't, I think you're, if you're, listen, the Suns can talk all they want. They're not, they're not thinking about this. Of course they are. Really? You don't think, you don't think you have to go through us? You don't think you have to go through Golden State? I mean, the, I don't know if we have the, do we have the Clay Thompson from last year when he went off, like the whole set, like when he went off on Jaron Jackson Jr. and Golden State for disrespecting them, and then they, they waxed him in the playoffs, beat him up really good in a couple of those games, won the series in, I think, six games, and then they, he, he had the whole freaking bum talking about Jaron Jackson Jr. because he basically discredited the Golden State Warriors. So it's becoming a little habit. Jaron, Jaron Jackson Jr. last year and now John Moran this year. It's just, man, those kids are young and they're brash. They're going to say whatever they want to say and they don't care what you think. I mean, there's there's confidence, but like, why would John why would John Moran talk like that? I mean, I don't, they, they, I don't they, get they, it. They puts, there's no reason. It puts him and his teammates in a they put it puts a target on their back. Let's just go out there and let your play do the talking. Which for him, his play talks quite well. Sure, candidly. Here's Clay Thompson after the Warriors eliminated the Memphis Grizzlies last year. I can't wait. There was this one player on the Grizzlies who tweeted strength in numbers after they beat us in the regular season, and it pissed me off so much. I can't wait to retweet that thing. Freaking bum. There it is. That was it. That was great. Like, really? Strength that, like, you tweeted something? So to think that the players don't, like, look at this stuff, they do. Of course. I mean, Clay Thompson just basically said, so John Moran saying that there's nobody in the West that could touch us. You don't like if you don't think that's a factor. The Suns players, of course they are. But of course they're going to go to the game. Really? You think that you think that we're not formidable? That you're going to roll through us and just walk right into the finals against the Celtics? Also, I I, I get that Bain's been out for 17 games, but they're eight and eight in the West. I mean, it, it, it's not like they're 14 and two. It's not like they're just rolling teams. In fact, Jokic just put a clown suit on them. The other night in Denver, he's bouncing backdoor passes between his legs. 
Yeah, I just don't, you know. Look, look, I'm willing to donate some good charity money if the Suns eliminate the Grizzlies and one of the Suns players. Like, there was this guy that went on some show and said that they were going to play the Celtics in the finals and there was nobody in the West and then go freaking bum. <laughs> Morant should worry about finding a teammate that can knock down a three instead of disparaging the rest of the teams in the yeah, Western Conference. Of, outside of John Morant, that game against the Nuggets, they were 2 of 19. They're, they, they were 2. The rest of the Grizzlies were 2 of 19. From behind the arc, uh, John Moran had three triples. He had a great game, um, thirty-five points, ten assists. But he did have seven turnovers. John Moran, he had seven turnovers in that game. Here's the other thing about the Grizz: they're not a good road team, Tim. They're they're not a good. It's six and nine they're on the six road. And nine. That's not a good. They're not a good road team. So you're going to come into Indiana Phoenix now. Granted, no Devin Booker. That's a factor there, um, for sure. And they, listen, Jaron Jackson Jr. is one of the best defensive players in the league. He had five blocks in that game against the the, the Nuggets. He had three steals. Uh, he's been fantastic. You know, John Moran's a good player. If they get Desmond Bain back, that's going to be big time for them because, you know, without him, they're really struggling to shoot the ball. And he is a lights-out shooter. He's really good. So a uh, chance that he could return either for the Suns game or the, or the Christmas Day game against Golden State, and he's a big factor for them. In fact, nobody in the Western Conference is good on the road right now. I you you look at it. I think there's only two ga- two teams over 500 on the road, and it's the Nuggets and the Clippers, and they're both one game over 500. So there's not a single team in the Western Conference two games or more over 500 on the road. The Suns aren't even any good on the road. They're five and nine. So having said all that, look, it's early, but I will say this out of respect for Morant and what what the Grizzlies can and will do and what they will be. I think Suns fans who are programmed to think of the chief competition in the West being the the Warriors or the the Clippers, you know, way back when the Lakers, it's it's probably going to be the Pelicans and the Grizzlies and the Nuggets. Going forward for sure. Going forward. This year. And maybe even this year. This year. I'm well, talking would, this year. You'd have to take out the Clippers and the Warriors. I worry about the Clippers. I still worry about the Clippers. And you worry about the Mavericks, too? You worry about the Mavericks, too? I worry about the Mavericks for the simple fact that that's just a bad matchup. I'm a big Styles make fights type of guy, and uh, that's a tough matchup for the Suns. They're very well coached with Jay Kidd, and they they know how to take Chris Paul out of a basketball game, and they certainly double-team Booker all the time. So that's just a tough matchup. I do... Look at Memphis, and and you know they grew up a lot last year. They got you know John Morant is a a, a generational type talent. Desmond Bain is fantastic. Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr., Tyus Jones, like they they got a good squad. Um, so I like them, but I don't know if this is like I still think that they're a player away. I still think that that they're not the. I'd be surprised if they come out of the West. I'd probably. I probably like New Orleans more than I like Memphis if you had to go with one of those younger teams. I would agree with that. The top four seeds or top four teams in the in the West right now are the Nuggets, Grizzlies, Pelicans, and Suns. Would you be incredibly surprised if those were the top four seeds in any particular order 
In the playoffs? Um, I, no, because I think Steph Curry's out for a while, right? Right. I mean, I mean I, that's a, they're not going to make any runs there. Right. I mean, I guess I guess the Mavericks could make a run. I, like the I don't Kings think so. Are, I think the Mavericks are what they are. Like unless they make a trade, sure. You but know, I, you know, it's it's just, it's just so early, and they're only. I mean, they're only a couple games. Uh, they're only three games out of the four right. seed. I'm just saying, Nuggets, Grizzlies, Pels, Suns, top four seeds right now. I wouldn't be surprised if in any particular order. Those were the top four seeds when the playoffs. Man, there you take the ten teams in the NBA and they're all separated by four games or less. The top ten teams in the NBA are separated by four games. Denver's the number one seed; they've got eleven losses. Minnesota's the tenth seed; they've got sixteen losses. Um, so it's like Denver's got nineteen wins. Minnesota's got sixteen wins. The number one seed has nineteen. The number ten seed has sixteen. It's bunched up. So I would I would bet that yeah. that will change. I would bet that that will change somehow because it is really really bunched up and tight in the Western Conference. So I wouldn't expect I would I would expect that there could be some changes there. Um, Denver, Memphis, New Orleans, and, you know, and, and injuries are a factor too. So text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now on what John ja Morant had to say. It's the final home game of the season for the Arizona Cardinals. Could it be the final home game for their head coach in his Cardinals career? We'll talk about that next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Final home game of the season in what has been a miserable, miserable Cardinal season. On the field, off the field, everything has gone wrong for, for this team. Everything has gone wrong. All year long, we've been speculating about Cliff being on the hot seat. I mean, the last time the Cardinals were, you know, that, that fans kind of thought they had a chance was when they were 2-2. Two and two. Um, It's been downhill. They've lost what, four games in a row, six out of seven. And, you know, it's, it's fair to question whether, despite the contract, whether Cliff Kingsbury will be back next year as the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. A lot of people are looking at, will Sean Payton coach this team? How much would it cost? Will Michael move on? We're going to know the Monday, January 9th, their final games against the 49ers on the road. If Michael's going to make a decision on Cliff Kingsbury, it's going to come that night or that next morning. Now, you don't wait on these things. It's not going to be three days later. Might have a meeting with him after the San Francisco game when he gets back, or it might be, you know, let's meet in the morning and talk about it, and he'll make his decision there. I don't think, in my opinion, that any of these remaining three games are going to amount to anything as far as Michael's decision. He, I think he's got his mind made up. Either you want to keep Cliff or you don't want to keep Cliff. There's a ton of reasons that we could go over not to keep him. The team's terrible. The offense isn't any good. You've had all these weapons. Now, uh, the reason to keep him could be, well, a lot of injuries. That probably was a factor. Money, because you'd have to pay him for four years. Or maybe they can, you know, maybe if they decide to move on from the general manager, Steve Kime, and keep Cliff Kingsbury, they could be, they could use that as a scapegoat. Like, you know, got to blame somebody. Yeah. Blame the fall. Yeah, got to have a fall guy. Uh, that roster was no good. It was too old. They were all injured guys. They didn't draft the right talent, the young talent. So it's not really Cliff's fault because he didn't put the team together. So blame the guy to put the team together. If they're going to move on from Steve anyway, that's a way, you know, maybe they just, you know, put all the blame on him, fault him, and 
bring Cliff back, and that way Michael, you know, Michael could bring Cliff back and not have to pay both the GM and the coach for the next four years, then I'd be here. You know, it's interesting. You said something that kind of struck me about Cliff being on the hot seat all year. You know, when you go into a season like this, fresh off a contract extension that puts you through 2027, clearly... He when the season began, he wasn't on the hot seat, right? He was on the coldest seat in America. And then when you're two and two, the prevailing thought was Cliff's not going anywhere. Right? This is a two and two football team. He just signed an extension. Like, where did it really go off the tracks for Cliff Kingsbury? Where the Cardinal fans said, "That's it, enough." I think you know. I, I think, think this, last year's inability. So you think last year? But they, I think but they, last year. Yeah, but the but the extensions like. Uh, but people, that was Michael. The fans didn't want them to give no, Cliff Kingsbury. I, they, they, they lost to the Colts at home. They lost to Seattle at home with a chance to get a home playoff game. Right. They but, got drilled by the Rams in the most non-competitive playoff game that no, anybody's know, watched in but forever. He, but hear me out, though. If you were to ask Cardinal fans, is Cliff going to get fired when they were two and two? Everybody would have said no. We may not like the guy. We may not think he's going to work, but he's not going to get fired. He just signed an extension through 2027. He's not going anywhere no matter what they do this year. But at some point, Cardinal fans started believing it doesn't matter that he got the extension. The change has to be made. I can't take this anymore. And neither can Mike. And we got to back up the truck. So at some point, like I don't, it may have been gradual. There, there may have been a breaking point. You know, I look at that Seahawks game when you, know, you didn't kick field goals and did you were going for it on fourth down and you managed nine points in a winnable game and it, it just kind of it just kind of fell apart in this midseason where Cardinal fans are like, we don't carry signed an extension. This has to change. Like I know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't want the extension in the first place. No. But nobody thought. Nobody thought back in October. You know, early October this year, that Cliff was going to end up losing his job, but they all think it now. Uh, they're all hoping. So you're for saying it. at what point this season? Yeah, did, like did when, it come when, obviously when, yeah, clear. I, I look, I, I look, I'm looking now, and I, I think back that game in Seattle. You know that that Viking game where you know they're dropping punts and throwing picks, and then you you lose another home game to the Seahawks, and you you you, you score on your opening drive, and then you do nothing. Until the end of the game in the fourth quarter, that was ugly. You have a little bit of a, a, a re, reprieve against the Rams at I, home, and then the, I would the 49ers embarrass the, you in Mexico. Th- that's the nail in the coffin. Because if you would have won the San Francisco game, you would have been 5-6 and six with a real chance to make the playoffs. So even though they were three, you know, they, we went into that three game, Seattle, Los Angeles, and San Francisco, and Cliff had said, if we take care of business against Seattle and the Rams, we'll play for first place against San Francisco. That game will be for first place. Then they lost to Seattle. So it was either the Seattle game, which dropped them to three and six, or the 49er game, which put the nail in the coffin on the season. I mean, now I had said after the Seattle game, like, there's no way that they can make the playoffs because the reality was with eight games left, they weren't going to go seven and one. They weren't going seven and one. No. At three and six, they were a dead man walking. Even though they came back and won the next game, they were, but to me, the, the, the reality was they weren't good enough to go on a, on a, to go seven and one or six and two. And that's been proven right. Um, but a lot of people think that Cliff's just been no, there's no substance there. It's all style, no substance. And that, and there's a lot of other people. Look, let's be honest. Let's go like it is. There's a lot of people that want to see him get fired because they never thought that a coach that was 35 and 40 in college should have a head coaching job in the NFL. 
Like, go to USC and be their coordinator. That's where you were going to go. How does this guy with a losing record who got fired at his alma mater be the head coach? Of the- so there's a lot of people that didn't like that. It's like with the Herm Edwards thing. A lot of people wanted to see Herm fail because they're like, what the hell is ASU doing? That, guy gonna- that guy's 70. Like, that's not going to work. And they were right. They were right. No, but there's a lot of people that want to see Cliff fail, too, because it's like, how did this guy bypass all these other people for a job? It's not an NFL guy. He was a failed college guy. Wasn't good in college. He was a fail, he had a losing record. He came, collapses at the end. Of, so there are people that wanted to see him fail because of that, that would like to see just, okay. The, I said that that wasn't going to work. And yeah, boom, I was proven right. It didn't work. I also think it's a season full of, you know, the, the, they're not getting the plays in on time, the questionable sideline decisions, the operational issues, the Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury sideline arguments, just the, the constant, the, the, the leading the league in offensive penalties, the pre-snap penalties. I mean, all that stuff goes hand in hand with the losing. So when fans, you know, evaluate their football team, like you can lose if you're kind of building something and you're saying, okay, this, this team looks like it's on the right track. What's the identity of the Cardinals? But they offense? have, right. They have no identity. Well, what the, is it? Well, like, I know Kurt Warner talked about it last week. There is no identity. He said the same thing. There's no identity. Like, He's, you want to look at a team and say, oh, okay, I know that. That's I know that team. He was brought here to throw the football, and they don't do that very well. No. That's I mean that that's really, a lot that's, of, right. That's why he was brought here, because he could design a passing offense that was going to outsmart opposing defensive coordinators, and that just hasn't happened. I mean, look at statistically in the league. They're just not among the best passing teams in the NFL ever. So, I mean, he wasn't here for his ability to win football games or be the leader of men. Uh, He failed in college in that regard. Here's another thing. He was here to throw the football. If you're Michael Bidwell, the first thing you have to determine is, where am I going right now? I've got a... I got an older roster. I've got some great draft picks coming up. I'm probably rebuilding. I'm probably rebuilding a little bit. Yes, I'll have Kyler Murray back at some point, but he's going to miss some of next season. So it's probably a rebuilding year with younger players. Try to move on from some of the older players. Who do you want to coach that team? Who do you want to be the coach of a younger team that's going to rely more on you know, younger draft picks and younger players than going out and signing a Like, if I'm Michael Bidwell, I don't want to go sign a 34-year-old free agent to come in here. I'm not one player away. I'm several players away. Okay, I'm but, a whole offensive line and defensive line and cornerbacks, a bunch of cornerbacks away. But whether you're rebuilding or you think you can win the Super Bowl, the answer of what coach you want here is the same. You want the best coach possible. I mean, Yeah, if, but some coaches are different, right? I mean, if... Some coaches may be better for a veteran-laden team. Some might be good with a, with a younger team. I don't know. I, I, if, if Sean Payton, if you can if you can lock in a Sean Payton, you get Sean Payton. Whether or not you have to rebuild for a couple of years or you're built to win right now, he's the best coach available. Go try to not, go try to to, to knock it, it out. It may come go down try, to that. It may come down to look. If you can get Sean Payton, I don't. You know. You you get rid of Cliff Kingsbury just because you have a chance. Right. Now, if you can't get Sean Payton, you might look at it and say, okay, these other guys that are out there are they are they better than what I have? But there is, it's been tough to watch you can't, but you can't. a Cliff Kingsbury offense that we thought was going to be dynamic and watch it be as boring and dink and dunk as it's been for all these years. You can't, you can't hang on to a coach who you don't think is the right guy because of the fear of the unknown or the fear of, well, who else can I get? The problem with what you're saying, not what you're saying, but the, the problem with this conversation is with the Sean Payton, it's not so much is he the right guy for a rebuild. The problem is if Sean Payton has other options... 
He might not want the team that's rebuilding. He might want to take the team that already has Justin Herbert or already has Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, and Cooper Cup. Like this. So if he's got options, that's where you fall short with trying to secure a Sean Payton. You may only be able to get uh, a coordinator like a Ben Johnson or a Shane Steichen or, or a Shane Waldron or one of their Demeco Ryans. You might end up with one of those guys because th- those are the guys that are available to you. I think the, after I mean, a certain Payton, amount of time, a coach starts to lose his voice in a locker room. You've been there for four years and you don't win. And you're not having that success. Players will start to tune you out. You tell players every camp, do what I say and we'll win. We'll be successful. Do this, do that. Be, we'll be successful. And when you're not successful, guys stop believing that you have the answers for them to be successful. All right, the Phoenix Suns, there's been some trade rumors that have been out there with the Suns. We'll talk about whether any of those are true next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, the final half hour of 2023 for me. I'll be off next week. Burns, you will be back. Tim Ring will continue coming out of the bullpen for next week. I do a little Suns radio tomorrow. Yeah. Burns and Gambo next week. Jack of all trades. Right there. Coming in, doing whatever. Cardinals, Suns, whatever it takes. I'm very popular around the holidays, and then nobody calls me. (laughs) That'll be like, then you won't hear from Tim until June. Right. When's the next vacation? June. July. Wake him up. Oh, Bernsey's got his son's getting married. There'll be some days off coming up soon. His son's getting married in like February. I think he's taking like three days off. All right, great. For the wedding. Pull me out of the bar. Pull yeah. me out of the tavern. Yeah. Hey, kid, yeah. you're back. What? He's going to hibernation what? for a little what? bit. Here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's talk a little Suns basketball because, you know, with the Suns, until Jay Crowder gets traded, there's always going to be these trade rumors. Uh, the latest one, NBC, uh, I guess Mark Stein, who does a good job, put this one out there. The Suns recently rejected a proposed trade that would have sent Jay Crowder to the Wizards for a package featuring Rui Hachimura. I don't... I'm going to try to find out if this is true, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, the, the Suns do have interest in Kyle Kuzma if they want to trade him. But Achimura is not a guy that I, I see the Suns having any interest in at all. And so that would make sense um, that it would make sense that the Suns would not want to do it. It would also make sense that. Um, well, they would want they would, they would want Crowder's expiring contract, and they want to unload Hachimura, the kid out of Gonzaga, because he's not playing, right, but playing he's, as well as they want him to play. Yeah, and he, he's taking up space. He's making six million this year. Uh, next year, it's a qualifying offer if you want to keep him. You know, he signed a four year, twenty million dollar deal, and this is year four. <laughs> so, if you wanted to keep him, you'd have to extend him a qualifying offer for eight million. Then he's a restricted free agent. But I don't think there's any. I'd be surprised if there was any interest in him. I have not heard that from Phoenix's side. Um, well, the Phoenix, I think the, 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 I, the Suns rejected it. So, yeah, that's what it's saying. It's like yeah. I don't like, and we'll see. Maybe they did, and I'll try to find out if there was anything to this or not. One of the things that I saw today, and it was just a, a thought out of Dallas, was with with the problems Maxi Kleber being out and Javel McGee being a terrible signing for them. He's been awful for them. You know, would Dallas have any interest in? a DeAndre Ayton. Now, in the offseason, they kicked the tires on it 
Um, they did. They kicked the tires on that and, you know, figured that DA could be a good match for them. But they ended up, you know, doing different things. And, you know, they're going to look for a big, bigger piece. But, you know, there was a story out of, you know, one of the Dallas sites that covers the Mavericks. And, you know, one of the things that they said is could the Mavs give Luka Doncic help from the Suns? And it goes on to say, with the failed signing of JaVel McGee, and he has been really bad for them, the injury to Maxi Kleber, who's likely out for the season, and Christian Wood's lack of defense, the need for a steady force in the middle, is something Dallas certainly could utilize. And then they said, could Aiton be available? And they talk about how, you know, it's going to be ticked to the middle of January. He's got no trade and all of that stuff. And they even go up, come up with a trade. You know, could the Mavericks send Wood, Dwight Powell, Reggie Bullock, and two future first-round picks for for Aiton and Crowder to make that deal work, to give them a defensive anchor for Luka in the middle? Um, and that's just not something that, you know, you look at that and the Suns aren't looking at. Look, I do think the Suns would take back picks for Jay Crowder, but I don't think that they're looking to move. No. Uh, D- I know, listen, I know they can't be happy paying DA $30 million a year, but they're not going to move him for a bunch of garbage. No, they're... They're they're trying to win right now. So what what's a tra- I mean Woods a good player, but if you know if the Mavericks think he sucks on defense, so do the Suns. You're trying to win right now, and Powell and Bullock. I mean, are, I mean they're, they're Bullock can shoot. He's a tough player. I, mean, I they, like well, them. They average six points a game. They're not going to. I mean, they're not. No. Gonna, and the two first round picks are nice, but you know the Mavericks aren't a they're terrible be, yep. team. But so they're going to be middle of the road, and that doesn't help you win a title right now. The Suns are in win a title mode. DeAndre Ayton helps you win a title now. DeAndre Ayton's not. Listen, you you don't always. You can lose the best player in a deal and still make a good deal, still win the deal ultimately. Yeah, I but believe that, that. But but not in this case because you're losing the best player in the deal in DeAndre Ayton, and it's not helping you right away. Even for the Suns, they're not in a rebuild. They don't want. They don't need two, two first round picks. I mean, unless you can take those two first round picks and then package them up. You know, for a guy like Kevin Durant. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, the more picks you have, the the, but, the better player you are when it comes down to a bigger trade like that. Right. But I'm getting that that's way down. I mean, looking at that trade, that 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 is that does not make sense to me for the Suns. Because, well, again, listen. The crowd has been linked everywhere. The Lakers are linked to him. Sacramento's linked to him. Golden State's linked to him. No, but essentially. We know Atlanta and Miami and, and, and Cleveland. And there's so many teams that have been linked to Jay Crowder. But nobody's made an offer good enough to get him. Right. And it's, but essentially, an Aiton for Wood deal. And you're trying to win a championship right now. I mean, Wood's got pretty numbers. But, again, the defense is not what you want. The Mavericks don't like it. Like I said, the Suns won't like it either. No, and then the contract too, right? Because Wood's got a pretty big contract, and you'd be getting off out from under the uh, the DA contract. But I just, man, I don't like. We'll see what happens. DA's got a full no trade clause this year. He doesn't have to go anywhere if he doesn't want to. I haven't even thought about like trading DA. Like I think he's been good for them. He does. He's of he's course. not Jokic, and he's not Embiid, and we just have to understand that he's not that. But you know, he's very capable of helping this team night out and night out. And listen, if you match up with Jokic in the playoffs, I'd much rather have DeAndre Ayton than if I trade DeAndre Ayton and I don't really have anybody that can match up with them. Because Jacques Landell and Bismack Biombo are not matching up with Nikolai Jokic. He'll eat those guys for lunch. Well, that whole trade. That old trade thing came from the Mavericks side. I'm sure they would love to do a deal like that. I mean, it came from a Mavericks 
uh, writer. Like, hey, would this be something that that could work? But so that's, I'd be shocked if James Jones entertains something like that. Shocked, I tell. No, you. at this point, right? You have to think that anything that happens with Jay Crowder is that's, it's going to be after Christmas. I don't think anything's happened. It'll happen. Happen now. So now you worry about okay, does this take? Does this go up to the trade deadline? Does this happen? Does this go all the way to the trade deadline? Look, the Suns, a lot of teams may look at the Suns and feel like, okay, you guys are desperate. The trade deadline is February 9th. So we're talking seven weeks from now? Seven weeks from today? Yeah. Thursday. Today's a Thursday. Thursday, February 9th is the trade deadline. Seven or eight weeks away. Probably seven, right? I mean, I would think it's seven weeks away. Yeah, seven. Like, could this go right up to that? Teams have looked at the Suns and feel like, okay, you're desperate because he, you're paying him and he's not even playing for you. So you're going to be desperate. We're not going to offer you a whole lot because you're going to want to get rid of him. That's not the case. The Suns have been very patient. So teams have learned that if you want to trade for Jay Crowder, you're going to have to offer up something. The problem, like I keep talking about, is... A lot of the good teams are going to the bad teams to make a deal. They're not going to the good teams to make a deal. Because I, because if a good team makes a deal with a good team, it's like, I want something that, I want something good from you to give you Jay Crowder. So if I'm going to give you a good player that's going to help you, I want a good player that's going to help me. So I don't need to get, the Suns aren't like, I got to go after this contract. The Suns are like, if we're going to, we need to replace Jay with somebody that could really help us at the wing spot. We talked about it about a month ago. I've always maintained. I know people thought about this December 15th date. And yeah, it's not coming on. Yep. And now there's going to be a January 15th date. I, I, I think between January 15th and February 9th is when Jay Carter will be traded. Now, will it go up to February 8th? I don't think so. But I would say sometime in late January, early February is when a deal will finally be consummated for Jay Crowder. Yeah, you look at teams that are starting to fall apart right now, like I think Toronto is starting to fall apart a little bit. Like you wonder if some of these teams, and that could be what you could be waiting for. And that's the other thing. Teams are going to have a better idea of, do do we have a shot at the playoffs? Who are we? What are we? Mm -hmm. By the time late January rolls around. Yeah, is there a player you can get? Like if Toronto... The deems that they're out of it. Is that a player that you might be able to get that can help them? So no Jake Crowder trade just yet. You know, DeAndre Ayton would not be eligible to be traded until at least January 15th, but I've heard nothing from anybody that the Suns are having any conversations with him. So when you read stuff like that, it's probably, you know, other teams just coming up with, boy, I wonder if we can get DeAndre Ayton. Remember, they they almost traded him last year, and he had to do his, they, they had to, uh, Indiana put an offer sheet, and the Suns just matched. They really want him. There's a lot of questions, do the Suns really want him going forward? And that's where you can see some stuff with DeAndre. But I have heard nothing at this point about the Suns having any he talks with the, any teams about DeAndre Ayton. No, I don't know who you would trade DeAndre Ayton for at this point. I mean, even if even if the Nets change their mind, okay, but, said, you know win, but the Nets are winning. They're now. winning now. I know. I mean, you I, see what I, they did yesterday. I, I know. I know. They were up by like a zillion on the Warriors. Yeah, the they had a ninety-one point first half. Ninety-one points, seven straight victories. Ninety-one points against Golden State last night. They won seven games in a row. Ten of their last eleven. So they started slow, and you start to go, oh, maybe. Maybe they'll get rid of Kevin Durant, but now they're playing great basketball. They're not trading anybody. This is what they expected when they brought Kevin Durant back, that they were going to be a contender. Well, the way they're playing right now, the streak that they're on, they probably feel like we're a contender again. Then there's nobody I would trade DeAndre Ayton for. I'm not even sure I'd trade him for, De- uh, for Durant, but 
I can't I can't see another scenario, another potential player who might be dealt that I would trade DeAndre Ayton for. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's Red Hot Chili Peppers are heading to the State Farm Stadium May 14th with The Strokes. Tickets are on sale now, but you can win a pair of tickets by heading to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com. New home for the NFL package. How are you going to watch it? Where are you going to watch it? We'll talk about that next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? All right, what is on tonight? What is on tonight, Mitch? Whatever you want, Gambo. We don't have any sports, do we? We have Thursday night football. We got Thursday night football. Game with Mm -hmm. playoff implications, maybe. Yep. Jets and Jaguars, you've got that. Now, tomorrow you got the Suns and the and the Grizzlies, but you do not have any uh, local teams in that. No Coyotes tonight, no Suns, no U of A, no ASU. After they were down 28-5, to five, so you don't have any of uh, that tonight. So you can watch whatever you want to watch tonight. You can watch the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, Baylor and Air Force in Fort Worth. Or you can watch the Harry Potter-like Wednesday show on Netflix, very popular show on Netflix. You can watch one of the 50 Christmas Carol versions that have been put out since 1938. Well, there's one in the 30s, today. one in the 50s, one in the 80s, and then like one after that. More versions of that than A Star is Born. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite um, Christmas cartoon from the old days? I like the uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Is that the one with the heat miser? That's no, my favorite. That's a year without a Santa Claus. A year Claus. without a Santa Claus with the heat miser. Santa, and the, yes. That one's great. Santa Claus. The abominable is, snowman. That's a good one. Well, the, uh, the, the year without a Santa Claus has the, uh, I think, the, the abominable snowman. What's the one with Frosty? The, where, uh, Santa Claus snowman. is coming to town. And what's that fr- phrase that he says? Happy New Year, right? Does Happy it, birthday. Happy birthday. That's what it is. You Happy ca- birthday. Yukon Cornelius. Yukon Cornelius. Her- Hermie wants to be a dentist. Those, right. those shows, they passed the test of time, right? Like, you can still watch them now. Yeah. And they were Kids like, still watch those, yeah, right? Claymation and stop motion, I think. Yeah, they, they were, yeah, was you right. can tell it's a little tacky, but it still holds It was made today. by Rank, Rankin and Bass, and they, they were made, like, they're little miniatures. They made them on, like, a ping pong table. They made the whole freaking thing. Yeah. Is that how they did it? Yeah, like, those little Rudolphs, those are, like, as big as a, like a, yeah, like a wallet. Really? Yeah, and they made them on, like, a little table. Yeah, that's those fascinating. Shows so good. I can still watch those shows today. I can still watch them. Speaking of watching shows, how are you going to watch the NFL next year? Because there is news that is coming out that the NFL is now off of DirecTV. That contract expired, and the NFL Sunday ticket is headed to YouTube for 2023. Now, look, I'm not going to lie. I understand all the apps, Discovery Plus. Hulu, um, Netflix, Amazon Prime. I get all the apps. I'm good with that. I know how to get to the apps and find everything. Congratulations. <laughs> I, I'm not a YouTube user, but I know sometimes I'll ask my kids, like, what do you do? I'm just watching videos on YouTube. Okay. All right. I'll ask my daughter, Brooklyn. Brooke, what are you, what are you watching? Oh, I'm just watching YouTube. Right, but YouTube is more than that now. They're actually a, a service. Like, you can, you, that can be like your own direct yeah. TV. Like, you can have, like, I watch YouTube TV. Like, that's how I get just my like TV. Just like Netflix, that's you used to I, be able to just, like, order a video and it would send it to you in the mail. Right, but this is all like, how do you watch ESPN? I, I have YouTube TV. This is what I do. How do you watch ABC 15? Right. I got YouTube TV. Okay, I'm... 
I'm, I'm not really aware of that. I've never used it. But the NFL you have is Cox, going, right? I, mean, oh, yeah, I have Cox. Right. I have I, all the services with Cox. Right. Yeah. I have, and I have DirecTV, so I don't. neither of us have YouTube TV because we use other services. But if you want Sunday Ticket now, we're going to have to scrap our services and become YouTube TV or subscribers. Or, or pay a la carte. Pay a la carte per game, which you're going to pay through the nose if you do it that way. I guarantee. Yeah, it might be you want one certain game. It could be 40, 50 bucks. It'd be like. Uh, maybe like a pay-per-view fight almost. Like, if you want just one game, you can buy one game, but it's going to cost you. They're going to make it where you look at it and like, okay, like, okay, so I, I like, I grew up in Chicago, so I like to watch the Bears before the Cardinals on Sunday ticket. And I'm going to, they're going to look at it, you're, they're going to make it so, okay, if I've got to buy seven or eight or 12 Bear games, it's going to be cheaper just to buy the whole package, the whole package but I got to become then a YouTube TV subscriber and user then to get the whole package. So you can't just buy the whole package and then like log on to YouTube, put in a code and watch the game. As far as what I'm reading, no. Because I'm trying to understand this, that, man, and but, it's complicated. But that's why they're paying $2.5 billion a year. In part to drive up the subscriptions to make people just like DirecTV did it that we want people to use DirecTV, so we'll have Sunday Ticket as a, as a, a carrot, if you will, to get people to use DirecTV as their yeah, service. I'm just not used to seeing like YouTube subscription. Like I don't really I don't know about that. Right there's Cox and there's DirecTV and there's Dish Network and like I'm familiar with all of those. I'm not familiar with any. I don't know anybody that had. I mean, I really don't know anybody that's that their provider is YouTube. It's been around for a while. I remember Jim Omohundro from the Cardinals was the first to tell me about it. It had to be like, I don't know, five years ago. He's like, man, I switched to YouTube TV. It's great. I'm like, what the hell is that? He goes, oh, I get everything. It's great. It's like 50 bucks a month or 34 bucks a month. I get all my channels. It's great. It that says, was, so it's been around for at least five years. Google said in June that YouTube TV, which was launched in 2017, has surpassed 5 million accounts. That was the biggest internet-based pay TV service in the U.S. That number includes users on free promotional trials, it says. YouTube primetime channels launched in November. That allows a user to subscribe and watch content from streaming services on the YouTube app. It says even with the Sunday ticket moving to YouTube, the price is not expected to substantially decrease due to contracts with CBS and Fox, which carry the Sunday afternoon games. So if you're paying three to four hundred dollars a year for the package, you're probably going to continue to pay three to four hundred dollars yeah. a year for the package. Yeah, the package. Yeah, it's not going to be cheaper because it's on YouTube TV. The question is, do you got to? You know, if you have Direct TV and you got a satellite dish in your on the side of your house, does all that go by the wayside because you now have to use YouTube TV? And it also means now you're basically you're streaming all of your shows i mean which is probably not a big deal because everybody watches so much stuff on streaming now every uh, every night anyway but now you're streaming everything you're stre- you're streaming local channels you're streaming espn i mean so I don't, I, does youtube tv have the pac 12 network how about that question i don't know i'm just going to you with it cuz i don't, I don't, I don't that? know about it <laughs> Like I'm just not sure about it. I'm sure somebody listening has YouTube TV and they know they can they can tweet us. <coughs> Mitch, you're young. Pack- what do you what do you how do you watch this stuff? Well, so like a lot of the companies nowadays, they'll actually combine with other platforms. Like for example, you know, on your Cox app, you can just tell it to go to Netflix. Yes, right. Yeah, so love that. YouTube and some of those other companies are essentially doing the same thing, where you can go directly from within that platform and just say like take me to Netflix or take me to watch this show and it'll just take you directly to that show without having to like switch around apps or anything like that 
So you, so you have say, that capability. YouTube, it'll go right to YouTube. But Mitch, what is your t- what is your TV service? How do you watch regular TV? Well, that's just it. Is I don't have TV service. I just have internet. See, that's where a lot of people are going. So the fact that you have to but watch just, on yeah, but, YouTube TV, that's like... But that's for one price, I get all of these channels with Cox. So I like instead of buying like five channels at $10 each, I like to just pay the one the one fee and have hundreds of channels. I get it. And I've, I've had DirecTV for 30 years and I know where everything is and I can find any game I need on each channel and it's mm-hmm. all right there. And uh, yeah. All right. Except for the Pac-12 I want to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas. I'll be off next week back in 2023. Thanks everybody for tuning in to Arizona Sports. Merry Christmas. Have a great night. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Merry Christmas. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Oh.